0: Start a chat, tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last, so hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. And there it is. Awesome. We're live. We're cranking. We are going to be geeking out. We're going to go so hardcore in the geek; it's going to blow you all away. I can't wait to introduce you to the guests today. You are raising
1: the bar really high off the bat.
0: Oh, I am, I am. But <laughs> anyone that's uh, anyone that's able to watch this video, you should go to check it out on YouTube. Uh, my guest is actually commanding a starship right now with his background. So, um, marketing leader, speaker. And sci fi geek, so much so that he's actually convinced he's 63% robot. Uh, he is also a, uh, a well uh, published author of the best damn web marketing checklist, period. Uh, he's won awards, uh, company spotlight award for small business, um, outstanding content for online marketing category. Stony DeGuider, how are you, sir?
1: I am good. I don't even know if I can live up to that intro, even though it was about me. I feel like, who is that guy?
0: That's you, man. You know, tell you what, we'll send you an audio recording of that. You can have it as your, your wake-up alarm clock every morning. Of
1: like, <laughs> there you go. The
0: man, the legend himself, Stony DeGuyter. So, yeah, that,
1: that, could do, that could do wonders for my ego. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, you need but, it,
0: man. Everyone needs a little, little, little pep-me-up in the morning like that. Right, right. And, yeah, so hey, thanks for coming on here. This is gonna be so yeah. much fun. We're gonna be talking about SEO, optimizing for web, and and how search and marketing all tying together. We haven't really talked about this ever, if much at all, on the podcast. So I'm I'm stoked to get into it. And we're gonna start the show off the way we start every show. I'm gonna pass you this. It's really heavy. All right, here you go. <laughs> go ahead, take this. Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. It. I'm Go ahead and grab that. You got it? Okay. Oh, I got wow, it. you can hold on to it. That's great. It's strong. <laughs> so take that and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, or just some misconceptions. You want to set the record straight.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so many marketing myths out there. Um, I think one of uh, my pet peeves is people um, kind of correlating search engine friendly with being search engine optimized. Um, and th- those are two. Totally, totally different things. Um, I guess not totally. Um, I mean, they're in the same universe of optimization and search engine optimization. But, you know, search engine friendly is something that um, is done on the architecture side of the website, on the development side. By and large, it's proper coding and making sure that the site itself is accessible. Search engine optimizes the other end of that where now we're focusing on keywords specifically we're optimizing content we're really heavily focusing on um what the content says the uh calls to action of the content usability of the content and the keyword optimization of that Um, now there is some overlap where in the process of search engine optimization your job is to make a site search engine friendly um but what i see is a lot of web web development shops Uh, creating websites and they're selling them as this is a search engine optimized website. And it's not, it Uh it might be a search engine friendly website. It might have the architecture and it might even come with a baseline of titles and optimized, you know, meta descriptions, things like that. But that's not optimized. That's just more of the baseline of this site search engine friendly. And that's usually the first thing I do um, as part of an optimization project is make the site search engine friendly. Because if it's not friendly, it's not going to get found. Um, Right, It's like a starting point. Yeah, it is. Um, But there's so much more beyond that. And where search engine friendly can be a one and done, we have made the site search engine friendly, search engine optimized. That is an ongoing process. It's it's never ending.
0: You know, uh, this is such a great way of describing it. Because I've heard things alluding to this type of categorization but it makes total sense now I have two columns on my notes right here where it's like search engine friendlies on one side search engine optimizes on the other and on the friendly side it's like the dev I, you're like yeah. hey this is the tech this is the work you do at the beginning the technical yeah. stuff behind the scenes the, and, and we, I want to get into it um, and then the optimize is like the soft skills it's like the the tech skills and then the fuzzy um, people content skills so do you yeah. want to you want to kind of dive into Friendly and, and beat that up and kind of tell us what that really takes?
1: Yeah, I mean, one, it, it takes uh, development, developers who know what they're doing with architecture. Um, and there is some optimization technically that should come before. Um, you know, if you're developing a website, I always want to start with the, the navigation. Uh, because the navigation sets the tone for the rest of the site. You figure out what your navigation is going to look like, what the categories are going to be, um, kind of how it's going to lay out. Because if you don't have that from the get-go, then somebody else is putting your navigation together, and they're just doing, okay, this looks good. Hey, let's do this yeah. and this. And and you end up with sites that are, are pretty clunky on the navigation side, or they're focused on the wrong things. Um, and I still think too many sites do that where, they focus on, hey, you know what, here's our services, here's our products, here's our About Us page, here's our careers page. And honestly, most people aren't there for anything other than the products or services. Oh. So that, to me, is the thing that should be the primary focus of the navigation. Not right. a services link or button, but the services or you know the main product categories. That should be the first thing people see. So if they land on your site and they don't read any words of content other than the navigation, they know this is the right site for me. This site has oh. products or services that I'm looking for. And then they can dive in. And too many people hide that stuff underneath, you know, behind buttons or clicks. And then they're trying to focus on all this other stuff, you know, and the about oh, us is good, the contact us is good, but nobody cares about you or wants to contact you until they know that you have what they offer. So that is the first thing that people should see. And to me, when it comes to being search engine friendly, optimizing that navigation using keyword friendly uh, labels for the navigation and laying that out in a structured architecture that makes sense uh, with proper hierarchy. Uh, So when the search engines come, they can decipher that and use that to determine the value, uh, inherent value of any of the pages and the visitors too. They can easily see and go, okay, I'm going to start. Know, diving in and getting to the information that I you know came
0: here for. Right, you know, mind blown and as you're describing what like what not to do, I was getting all shy thinking, oh God, what does my website look like? Um, <laughs> but I didn't know, and it's okay if people listening if you didn't know either, <laughs> that's why we're here. So yeah. yeah, you know, how often do we kind of have those generic navigational things and you're right, it's it's all generic across the top and then we want people to have to go to the next layer to even know what they're looking for okay products or services and then underneath there are the different ones and then yeah. resource and underneath and then it's like oh all this stuff about you no to your point no one really cares like and if they uh, do yeah. make a way they can they can go find it and you can make it yeah. you know a nav for that but the thought occurred to me as you're describing that yeah put your top level services just up there in that nav so that yep. people can understand what you do i love that you you like restricted everyone to say okay if they just came in and just looked at your navigation do they know what kind of company you are you know like that's a really good challenge to think about and i'm like looking at my own site going oh no like what are they gonna (laughs) know but that but we're actually thinking about redoing our um our nav and it's so perfect timing yeah we have home strategy services resources about it's kind of like it's been You know, Marie Kondo. It's kind of clean and tight, but it also yeah. We could be any company in the world with that navigation.
1: Right. Yeah. But if you have, you know, these are the services we offer. Boom, 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 boom. Then people can read that and go, "Yep, this is the one that I'm looking for. I'm going to dive in to that." And they don't have to read content. And you know, that's the goal. It the goal. We got to have content for the people who want to read it. But the goal is to make it so they have to read as little amount of content as possible to dig in and get the information that they want. Right. Right. Wow.
0: Okay. And is that the, the part that you mentioned where it's a little bit of that fuzzy optimization in terms of the naming? Yeah. Well, because
1: you want to yeah, involve
0: that deep. Yeah.
1: Right. You got to do your keyword research um, yeah. and that's, you know, more on the optimization side. So you've got to do a lot of that and you've got to then put together how that navigation is going to flow. And then, It can be coded right, and you want to make sure it's coded right, Um, you know, and and with the search engine friendly, a lot of it comes down to um, accessibility of the pages, make sure the pages are using the proper coding um, for the content, the headings, um, things like that. So it's really, and then, you know, like I said, getting that baseline of not every page says, welcome to my site for the title tag. You know, it's, okay, we're actually going to use some of the keyword research that we did to write some quick, easy titles and meta descriptions on the development side. So when the site rolls out, we can say, look, this site is search engine friendly. It There, there can be some traction getting, you know, the search engines will get some traction from that. It's not a blank slate. It's not a mess. They can get wow. in there and, and start ranking things but then the optimizers can go back in and say okay now we got to fine tune this we got to tweak the content and we got to do deeper keyword research and really hone in on a page by page level right. you know what this is done but that that search engine friendly is more of the overall global foundation for which the site is you know put out there and hey yeah this this is good if you do nothing else you're going to do okay but if you want to do really great now we got to get into the full scale optimization Right.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned keyword research a couple times. Could you just kind of describe at a 10,000 foot level, you know, for some of us noobs out here for like, okay, what does he actually mean by that?
1: Oh, keyword research is fun. Um, is it?
0: Okay. If you think it's fun, then you're the right person to ask this question. <laughs> if anyone's like, Oh God, keyword, it's a, it's yeah. a beast, but you got to do it. But if you think well, it's it fun, that's it, good. it can
1: be grueling. It can be grueling um, because there's a lot of data that you can pull and and I've you know seen a lot of people at um, conferences they talk about all this keyword data that you're pulling to figure out what keywords you want to use, and I, I do like to keep it simple but mm-hmm. thorough. Um, I do keyword research in two levels. Um, my first level is what I call core terms, and oh. that is just looking through the site um, and finding the one or two word combinations or maybe two or three word combinations that aren't very specific, but specific enough to describe what it is that you do, um, on a, uh, product category by product category level. Um, so, you know, for a site that, uh, we work with, they sell motorcycle batteries. Um, you know, one category would be motorcycle batteries. Another one might be battery chargers. And then another one Mm -hmm. might be, um, you know other motorcycle, other vehicle maintenance products or whatever, um, and then you know that's that's where you start that base level. Yeah. You're not getting into the I need a battery for a 1992 Honda Goldwing. You know that that keyword research is very specific that, and it comes later. On. later yeah. Okay. okay. You're just looking for that broad. If somebody says, "What do you sell?" We sell motorcycle batteries. Great. We sell motorcycle battery chargers. Okay. Great. We sell uh, vehicle maintenance products and so you're looking at all those combinations that don't get too specific but the broad representation and you figure out and you use that for your navigation you know and say, okay these are our master categories and then here are our subcategories um, and things like that so you go okay we got motorcycle batteries as our master category um, all right and under that we're going to have honda and yamaha and suzuki and you know Whatever. And and going down that list. Um, And those are all tend to be those core terms that you're using for the broad category and then kind of those other uh, subcategories without getting too too deep into it. And and once you have that, then like I said, you put together your your navigation, and you maybe just write some quick title tags and descriptions, um, things like that.
0: Anything uh, different between like selling a product versus selling a service, or is it the same process for for both?
1: You know, it really is the same process. Um, the The big goal with the core term research is to get outside of what you know, uh-huh. and you know what you what the terminology is that you use for your product or service and figure out what the customer calls it.
0: Right. Uh,
1: right. Cause you're in
0: your own bubble, right? I know I'm in my yeah. bubble with Pardot and, and what yeah. we do for sure.
1: Right. Um, I was doing keyword research for golf cart batteries and found out that club car is another word for the same type of vehicle that people use. They're just not on the golf course. They're at, they're just zooming around the club. Right. So I, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that. And, and, I don't even know if the client knew that so but doing this broad keyword research I'm looking for similarities and other phrases to pull in that maybe we didn't know about or maybe the client didn't know about um, and, and sometimes you find new opportunities you know uh, years ago I worked for a, uh, a site that sold uh, bags travel bags duffel oh, nice. bags okay yeah and you know one of the keywords that came up you know was laptop bag and okay. like this is a huge opportunity you don't sell them but maybe you should because right. look at the search volume here yeah as i'm searching for all these bags um, and then, of course, you come up with sleeping bag. Nope, nope, that's not a good word. They're not, not going to sell yeah. those. But, you know, so and then you you just you learn a lot in that phase trying to figure out how the customer refers to the products that you know what they're called, but they might have a different terminology for it that you want to make sure, you, you know, and, and this is all based on search. You know, the keyword research is, is how people are actually searching for these things. So you want to get as much of that information as you possibly can. To make sure that you can integrate some of this terminology into your content
0: right, I could see the benefit I mean I know you've worked with with different groups to do that that's the benefit of hiring someone like yourself because you like I don't even know what go-, you know golf carts I, I've driven one at a wedding or something, but like <laughs> let's go research and then yeah. you don't have all those biases built up from like years right. of doing your own marketing
1: yeah yeah yeah, and, and it, it can be very eye opening um, and in some cases it can get frustrating. Uh, we, I, I had a client, um, I keep saying we, like I, I work for somebody right now, which I don't. Um, uh, but over the years, you know, I, I, I had clients and one of them, uh, was in the flow meter industry and there were so many different ways to say the same product.
0: What the heck is a flow meter?
1: <laughs> a, a flow meter measures gas, air, liquid flowing through oh, a pipe. Okay
0: you know um, <laughs> i realized as i asked that question i was like oh god i don't know what the answer is <laughs> like just, um
1: yeah okay so, but so, there, yeah, there's,
0: there's, okay there's yeah. a
1: lot of different terminology there's flow measurement there's flow you know flow um i don't know i i, I haven't done it in so long i googled
0: long. it flow meter. measure the total flow flow sites flow sites yeah.
1: so there's Visual. there's there's just and, and we started doing this optimization and there's just So many different ways to describe the same thing. I mean, you got air flow meters, gas flow meters, vortex flow meters, um, ultrasonic flow meters, which is also a water flow meter, you know, or a variation of it. And um, it just became really complex, but it's like a puzzle. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, we got these different terminologies. We figure out which, which terms go together and can be targeted on the same page and which ones can't. You know, do we target ultrasonic on water flow meter page? Or do we have a water flow meter page and have a a secondary ultrasonic page? Because it's a little bit different. And these are all things that we had to learn as we go. And and even for the client, there was a learning experience in some of that. And so keyword research to me is like a giant puzzle. Um, You're you're collecting all this data and then you're figuring out how do we we integrate this into the site in the best way possible. Um, And, you know, that's just the core term research. Once right. that's done.
0: Well, what I like about this, though, is you're, you're like discovering the SEO yeah. puzzle. You know, you're like oh, the keyword yeah, yeah, yeah. puzzle. You're like the puzzle master here, figuring oh, out yeah. Yeah, the other pieces. It, it doesn't matter what industry or B2B, B2C, you're, you're thinking about it in the same manner and process.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. It's just figuring things out, you mm-hmm. know. And, and that, core term research is done for that search engine-friendly optimization. Um, And then once you get into the search engine optimization um, aspect, that's where you do what I call the deeper phrase research where you take a core term, plug it into one of the tools, and you find all of the keywords that are searched using those two words or three words in the core term.
0: It gives you like the longer searches that are that involved. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and then sometimes you can get thousands of words. Cause and some of these are, you know, long tail questions and things like that. And you're just loaded up with data. Now you got, you know, I had the word motorcycle battery, you know, or even Honda motorcycle battery. Now I've got thousands of all these words that use mm. Honda motorcycle and battery. And now I got to sort through all that. And you know, there's, some ways, you know, you go, okay, anything that says free, I'm going to throw that out. Right. Um, you know, and, and I, there's a lot of different elements that you have to look at as you do that research. Um, you know, but I, a lot of people it's like, okay, I only want to focus on the high search volume stuff. And I never liked to do that. Um, because I feel like, you know, some of this long tail stuff will well, you can easily optimize if you do your keyword research right, you can easily get some of that long tail stuff as long as you know about it and know it's there. Um, so when you get, you
0: know, I'm sorry, Rob, I'm a big fan of the long tail, but I think it'd be great if you could describe what that is for some people.
1: Uh, well, that would be, you know, three, four, five, well, probably four or five or six words, um, you know, the questions that people ask. Um, how do you install a motorcycle battery? Um, what's the best motorcycle battery? Um, you know, where where is a Honda motorcycle hmm. battery located? Sure. Um, things things like that. Um, or how to how to take care of a Honda motorcycle battery. Um so right. it's the the very specific long tail doesn't get a lot of searches, um, but that doesn't make it any less valuable depending on what you're using it for. And I try to take my research, once I've taken that core term and I've got those thousands of phrases and I've gone through and I eliminated all the crap, um, then you start going, okay, how do we start grouping these together? And you start trying to look at them in terms of, of buckets, you know? Um, well, this bucket is more of somebody looking at the higher category level, you know, they're, oh, yeah. they're typing in the, the broad stuff. They don't know what product they want. They don't know what features they want. They're the broad stuff. So you got that recent, what I, what I call the research phase. Yeah. Um, they're, they're still learning. And then you've got the shopping phase where they, they know a little bit more about what they want. Um, and a good example I often use uh, is like somebody searching for a TV. Okay. They're going to search for, you know, I, I want a 50 inch TV mm-hmm. or a six, 60 inch TV. So that's what they're going to type in. That's research. They, they don't know other right. than i want a big tv and then they learn about the tvs and then they go okay you know what i'm narrowing this down i think i want a sony 60 inch right. tv so they start researching based on brand names or maybe they're researching based on you know what i want a tv with a camera or i mm-hmm. want a smart tv which they pretty much all are nowadays um uh, so they get in that research phase and then they get into the shopping phase after that. We're like, you know what? I want a 60 inch Sony TV with no camera, mm-hmm. um, which those are harder to find now. Um, everything's got cameras in it. So they're, that's where they're into that shop phase. And, and of course we're talking about products here, but services work largely the same way. Um, but you can see it picture those searches as navigation where you click on the TV tab, and you've got that first level of searches. You pick, click on the Sony tab, you got those, that's a whole page in itself, and then you got the products itself that fit the very specific search for what they're looking for. And so you try to bucket all of these keywords together um, and then look for similar words. Um, and a good example of that is, you know, if somebody's looking for cheap, um, well, they might also be looking for discount or on sale, um, or close out. And so if you're seeing those words come up in your research, you're like, you know what? I can group close out discount sale, cheap all and, and target them on a page. And it makes sense, you know, versus right. if there's other terms that maybe talk about high end or quality, um, you know, things like that. Well, those, you don't want to optimize those words on the discount page or on the cheap page, you know, target the cheap words on the cheap page and target the higher end words, the value end words on another page entirely. Right. Um, so you're looking for these groupings of how to group keywords by similar intent and similar meaning based on what the searcher is looking for. And sometimes that means different keywords altogether where you're getting outside of your core term per se. But if the meaning is clear, you know, then you're focusing it on there um so that's that's the tricky part about keyword research is really figuring out what's the intent of the search and then what keywords can i group with that so then we take that group and go this is the page those keywords can be optimized on and it makes sense both from the reader perspective and the sales cycle perspective
0: right right wow i i love that you're you're looking at the at the intent and the meaning behind it, it's not just, oh, the person searches for this. It's like they know they're looking for a Panasonic, or they know they're looking for. I'm thinking like marketing automation. Are they just searching for the general, you know, software? Yeah. Even Are they searching for the general, the type of software. If so, they're probably do, doing some comparison shopping, like you're talking about. But if they're typing in some specific brands, now we yeah. know they're they're doing the research into that brand. Um, or even verses, you know, if they've got some verses out there, now you're you're just straight up com- competing and trying to consider the two different ones against themselves. But you're you're not just looking at the words themselves; it's what's underneath the words. Yeah. That you know, where would you be in the process if you typed that phrase in?
1: Yeah. Well, in old school SEO, um, for many many years, was focused on <clears throat> let's get these keyword these keywords optimized into a page. And over the last couple of years, it's really transitioned into what is the best page for the visitor to land on based on what they're searching for. And so we have to get ahead of what they mean. You know, what do they mean when they search for X, Y, Z? Okay, now we need to figure out what page is the best page for that, not just for the phrase but for the intent of the search for what the type of information that they're looking for, right. it's easy to get a page to rank for a certain keyword, but if if that doesn't align with their intent, it's if that doesn't align with where they are in the buy cycle, then that page isn't gonna have much meaning to them. Right. You know, it's it's gonna be the wrong thing. If somebody's looking for 60-inch TVs and they land on a specific product page, that does them no good. They want to know more about all the 60-inch TVs, not just that particular one, and vice versa. if They're looking for a very specific product, and you land them on the page with all the TVs. That doesn't help them either because now they have to go through and start figuring out and filtering and all that kind of stuff. So the goal is to take every keyword and go, which is the best page? And now that's the page we're gonna optimize for this keyword, which is often optimizable for a handful of other keywords within that same vein of uh, intent and um, context.
0: Right, right. So um, this makes sense. I feel like I've taken us down a rabbit hole with the keyword research, but you're know, <laughs> kind of bringing it back to the technical side that- You got me makes, started, man. <laughs> I don't, no, this is good. You know, As long as one of us remembers where we're at, otherwise we're, we're lost in this outer space Um, lost in space Uh, right (laughs) so uh on the back to the technical side i'd love to sort of like clear that up and then get to that softer side of optimize so start with friendly and then go to optimize so um anything we should be thinking about on the the dev side the making things search engine friendly we've done our keyword research now what comes next
1: uh then that part is all in the coding um speed issues Um, using proper markup um, schema markup um, and just making sure overall the site performs excellently you know um, you have to use the right headings in the right places you have to use the right um, HTML markup and then schema is a big part of that now is getting that schema in place so the search users when they come they can see those different elements a lot easier um, than rather than having to try and figure it out. Um, so that's, that's just a huge part of it. Speed ultimately comes down to how fast, you know. how do we make the site faster um, so there's no lag. And that's not just for the search engines, that's for the visitors too, you know? Right. Nobody likes lag anymore.
0: No, we're, you we're can't so have impatient.
1: <laughs> no, we're so impatient. <laughs>
0: um, is there a way to tell if you're lagging other than looking at your own site?
1: I mean you can run some speed tests Um, Google's got some tools for that and you can just do you know do a search for speed tests and Google drop you right on a page that'll do that for you Um, so there's there's a lot of things you can do Um, a lot of people I think they get um, they have a fast connection with their site and so they think that their site oh, our site's lightning fast like dude go down the street go to another state it's not fast and you have to make sure you're not in your own little bubble or some of that stuff. And a lot of that isn't even on the dev side, that's on the um, web hosting side. Hmm. So, you know, we often don't think about that, that, you know, I've got, I'm trying to get the cheapest hosting I can because I don't want to pay a gazillion dollars. Well, the cheap hosting can kill you if, you know, it's not giving you the resources and the bandwidth you need to handle the traffic, then that you can have the fast site but the web host is going to be the part slowing you down. So you need to make sure to check into that.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. So speed's important. Um, and then how do you know if you've, is there a, a checkbox that says you've done this well or haven't done this well? Is there a way to just know? Cause people listening are like, Oh God, dear God, do I know if my site is friendly yeah. or not?
1: Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I would, I would reference. Uh, Me too.
0: I have no idea. So my book, yeah.
1: you know, my my, you know, which is a checklist of here's the things oh. you need to do, and you do them. And now some things there's room for improvement. Like you can get the site speed up to a certain point, and go, okay, that's good enough for now. And now I'm going to work on some of this other stuff, and then circle back to site speed again and see if we can inch that up even further so there's some things that have varying degrees and some things are just okay we got this done and it's good um but you know websites they're uh, they're living creatures they're always changing and there's always room for improvement um so the goal is to improve what you can as quick as you can and circle back and do it all again right
0: right okay now you mentioned the book this might be a good time to bring that up so What's it called, and uh, why did you even write it? And what's Uh, it do? The best damn
1: web marketing checklist. Period. The Um, best.
0: We got. We got to. We got to dwell on that title. (laughs) That is a title (laughs) for the ages. The best damn web marketing checklist.
1: I you know I couldn't think of a good title and that just seemed like it worked.
0: <laughs> well, I think you did a good job. I think people yeah. may not remember anything you said about technical, <laughs> web friendly optimization, but they will. I just blended the two, but they will remember the best damn web marketing right. checklist. <laughs> so what what tell me about this? Che- is this like a a ninety page checklist or? Oh, no,
1: we're talking 250 pages, thereabouts. Um, It started as a labor of love of just me. I'm a process person, and I just wanted to have, here's the things I need to do, and here's the things I need my team to do. So it started as a seven-page PDF. Uh, (laughs) Here's all the things. And then I'm like, you know what, I need to update this. Seven years later, I'm like, I need to update this. And then I thought, yeah, I'm going to expand a little bit and I'll provide an intro. It's not just a checklist now. Provide an intro and I'll provide an explanation for everything. And then I'm like, dude, I got a book. Um, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and finish this out and get a book and and put it out there and publish it. Um, and then I came back a couple of years later, updated it, added, uh, I don't know, five or six more chapters. Um, Is and, the 2.0 and- that I'm looking at? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The current version (laughs) 2.0. That is. Um, And amazingly- You didn't name it like
0: Panda or Penguin? (laughs) No,
1: no. I should have. Yeah. You know, amazingly, not a lot changed, I think, in the three years between those two versions. um, Because the book focuses on the what to do rather than the how to. Right. And in digital marketing, how to do things changes all the time. Right. You know, Google changes something, they add something, Facebook changes something, they add something. So that changes, but the what to do is pretty consistent. Um, there was a couple of things like, okay, these things are no longer relevant. You know, um, I think in the first edition we were doing, um, it was when uh, Google was doing authorship, author markup, and then they, they changed it. They we're like, oh, well, let's pull that out now. You know, Just in, in
0: case you markup. put a bunch of resources into author markup we're not going to do that
1: anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so there's a few things that changed or things that no longer become as relevant or valuable. Um, things that we thought or I thought was important and many in the SEO community thought was important. It turned out to be, eh, that's not really a thing. Um, so you have to pull those back. And then I added a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, and I have another version that I wanna I wanna do another update and I have tons yeah. of notes that I three point coming out. Uh, maybe. I've got another book I'm working on now that I don't know when that'll come out, but um hopefully that'll be soon. Um and it's not a checklist, but it's more SEO, more along the lines of the how to stuff. Oh on nice. SEO um but well i was yeah, looking
0: I think- at your cover right now and and it says 39 checklists i feel like i'm selling this thing but it, this is cool i'm about to buy this thing right now 39 checklists 675 action points so essentially i'm going to be busy when i get this book okay. um thousands in increased sales and i'd say tens and hundreds of thousands even um and i saw that yes. you have your ford written by uh, andy Cristadina. yeah yeah I, i've interviewed i've chatted with him he's amazing
1: yeah, he, he is i love him that's cool. Okay.
0: Small world.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, he was gracious enough to provide that, and I was just stoked to have to have his contribution.
0: Yeah, right on. Cool. So, all right. So we got this book to help us on the tech side. Do you want to go over to the optimized side? Does the book dive into optimizing too? Does it talk about um, that as well? Yeah, much? I
1: mean, it, it, it does um, uh, in a lot of different levels, um, yeah. and that and that is where you know the optimization essentially is the it's the ongoing process of improving and if your site search engine friendly when it rolls out all right we're still going to look for problems because even with brand new website that you think is perfectly search engine friendly once the data starts rolling in you're going to start seeing oh we have a problem here people aren't visiting this page people aren't converting from this page people aren't Finding this page. And so you start seeing that data, um, performance data and all of that. And so it starts giving you a lot of stuff to, to tweak, to change, to test. Um, and you know, just on the pure keyword side, you're taking those keyword research, you're you're doing some of that deeper research. And you're optimizing pages. Maybe you're creating new pages. Maybe you're optimizing your product category pages, um, or you're improving the templates for your product pages, things like that. Yeah. Um, so there's just so much going on. And with content marketing being such an important thing, um, we're always developing content and we're looking at what keywords are we not targeting on the site or what keywords aren't performing well on the site. What can we do to improve that performance? Do we need to tweak that page or do we need to go and create a new page right. um, you know whether it's a blog post or hey, you know what there's an opportunity here to create a new subset of a category for this so that is the optimization process that never really ends because we're we're collecting data we're seeing how people are finding us, and we're going what are the missed opportunities so we need to improve or create new content to get you know, take advantage of those opportunities and then running tools through the site constantly to see, okay, hey, we have a slowdown here. We have a problem here. We have an architectural issue here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, give you a great example. I mean, yeah. my, my website, when I had my agency, we know all this stuff. We developed a new website. We we're thrilled with it. And about three years later, we're looking at some of these pages going, these pages have no calls to action. Oh, jeez, What the heck? You know, now we yeah. have the call to action and the the navigation and things like that, and and they're kind of more informational pages, but we're like missed opportunity right there. So we start we have to go back and we're like, hey let's let's do this, and that's that's why you have these checklists, you know, because it, there's so much to do, and there's so right. much to remember. That I am constantly, I, I keep a copy of that checklist on my desk, even though I wrote the stupid thing. I'm thumbing through it, going, what did I miss? What am I forgetting? What's the next thing I should do? Or what haven't I done in a while that I need to check up on? And that just gives me that refresher where I don't have to remember all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I can just go back to and you know, do it. And whether you use a checklist or other kinds of processes, it doesn't matter. The goal is to make sure that you have a repeatable process that you can fall back on and not keep trying to have to remember what to do
0: right right i could see why the checklist make more make sense i mean sometimes you're like oh i don't want to read a bunch of checklists but actually sometimes you don't want to read a bunch of words just to right. know what what are the to-dos you need to get done yeah that makes sense
1: yeah so Very i cool. mean it's just an ongoing thing constant
0: constantly and yeah. and uh i know you've finished some projects so you're available so um would this be something where you could take a look at, I mean, obviously I'm going to ask you offline, I'm going to ask you to take a look at our site um, <laughs> for sure, but is this something you would consider um, if you have the bandwidth for it to take a look? You know, some of the listeners have oh, sites yeah. they're not sure. Are they friendly? Are we optimized? You could maybe take a peek at
1: it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I am between jobs right now. Um, sure. And so technically I'm available for consulting work. Um, Anybody wants to hire me to do a site review or ask me questions and just get some feedback, um, I'm there. Or if you're in a in a company that needs a high-end SEO, I'm your guy. Um, So feel free to reach out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I love this stuff, you know. And anybody who says, "Hey, can you help me out?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to do that. I want to help you. I want. I I love finding problems and going here it is and here's what you got to do and that's going to fix your problem."
0: Yeah, it's your point. Uncovering the puzzles, right? Of what's oh, happening yeah. here and there. Um, question for you, because I know you're, you're looking at things, you're all researching things all the time. You know, marketing's constantly changing. Obviously, SEO is changing a lot. What's exciting to you these days about marketing? Do you see anything coming around the bend? Do you see any changes happening where you're like, oh, I, I think I know where this is going? Or you just got maybe it's new tech or tools or strategies that are happening. What, what's kind of exciting for you out there?
1: Um, You know, I'm interested to see how AI uh, factors in. Um, I'm very, very skeptical about it because, I mean, what happens when you put AI against AI? Uh, You know, there, there has to be a human element. And we're seeing a lot of tools pop up, say, hey, we use artificial intelligence and get this and this and this. And I don't know if those things really are artificial intelligence, quote unquote, um, right. versus just a, a good learning algorithm. I think right. those are two different things, um, you know, but uh, AI is is going to be important in the marketing. I think it will be another tool, um, but I don't think we can ever turn marketing over to it because yeah. that's when it's pure AI against AI. and. I don't think they can win.
0: Right. You know? Reminds me of that war game show. Remember that? How many yes. players of the game? <laughs> zero. What? Who would have thought we'd make it zero? Zero humans. And then it's like the computer versus computer launching missiles this and the way that way. It's like no one can win. Oh, the computer shuts down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Movie ends. Um, so, yeah. So there's always going to be the human element that's right. necessary. Um, you know, because I don't think even AI can quite. At least, not for a while. Um, quite mimic human behavior, or even understand it to a degree that we can. Um, it can look for patterns, um, but you know, we're human. We we throw the patterns out the window half the time. It's true. You,
0: know? you know, it drives me crazy that the word a uh, the. the acronym i guess gets used ai because i think we're really talking about it's more of that augmented you know where we're 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 getting assistance finding patterns yeah Uh, we're learning how what patterns maybe lead to results as opposed to you know um ex machina or something actual ai breaking out of the house oh wait spoiler (laughs) yeah um you know it's like it's not it's not that it's not you know tron coming to get us it's it's just um, a smarter a program that actually can be a little bit more, a little bit, a little more intuitive maybe, or maybe just the patterns it's looking for can be more expanded than maybe our, our narrow focus
1: might. Yeah. Be. It's funny you said that because um, I'm writing a sci-fi novel. It's about oh, time yeah? travel. Um, and at the end of the book, I mentioned, oh uh,
0: you're not going to spoil the book for us right now. Are no,
1: you? no, no. Okay. I, uh, okay. I just mentioned this uh, device that has artificial intelligence built into it. And my beta readers like, Oh, I was with you until that. And that just kind of, that was a step too far. And, really? and I got it and because it wasn't that kind of sci-fi. It was more of a real world grounded sci-fi. And then just mentioning the artificial intelligence, it, it conjured up this image of okay this machine is self-thinking and all that Like that's not what i meant so i had to go back and it's like you know it's like a mild form of artificial intelligence you know it's not it's not a conscious machine it's just a learn and i had to rephrase it as like a learning algorithm um because it was just because it was the The book is so based in reality that was one step that just took it into oh now we're in now we're in real sci-fi <laughs> right now yeah um, now or
0: like real fantasy right
1: yeah uh yeah.
0: science fiction over into fantasy oh it's this thing and it does you know it's not even plausible or possible that it was doing that
1: right um,
0: right versus that's interesting that the, the reader's kind of like oh okay this is just yeah. some all right now it's it, cheesy
1: you yeah, had me till they out of that realm. Of they believed reality. in time travel, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh, you, you went back in the thread of time, space time. Yeah, you manipulated space time. I understand, yeah. but then AI, give me a break, Stony. Yeah. Yeah, no, Come we're on, not, we're
1: not going there with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. What was your first reaction? Were you like, "Come on, guys," or did you kind of you kind of got it when they?
1: No, I did yeah. because I was I I had the same thought when I was writing it and so when they vocalized it it was like yeah i i'm with you so i just had to reword that so it wasn't quite so fantastical that's right
0: that's right you know i remember playing uh back as a kid like a dungeons and dragons and i had a boomerang that i just decided to make ai with an intelligence of 18 it was a boomerang um for no reason other than uh yeah so so magically transported, yeah, your whole story into like right. Casey as a teenager, just yeah. making up stuff, <laughs> um, crazy. So, so when's the book? Bu- I mean, uh, I don't. I don't want to like. When's the book come out? You think? <laughs> Are you still work in progress? Or
1: it's still work in progress. I'm in what I'm hoping is the final edit. <laughs> um right. I've, I've thought that before. Um, the problem is I'm I'm a new fiction author, um, so I'm still learning stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so from, from all the feedback I've gotten, the book is really good. (laughs) Um, so I, I'm hoping to do the final edit now and then I don't have decided if I'm going to self publish or try and find a, um, traditional publisher. I'm looking, I've been looking for a good traditional publisher. Um, and i got it's part of a series i've got two more to write so if i don't i guess if i write the next two and i still haven't found a publisher then i'll self-publish right. so that we're talking years at this well, point just
0: don't george rr R. martin on me okay oh don't, i know don't have this thing with hbo at halfway done and then just never finish it and then allow the producers to completely squash the ending.
1: That is um, my biggest fear because I started the second one, but I keep going back to editing the first one. And I'm so worried that I just won't finish it. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I got to. And the I guess what thing that keeps me going forward on that is the idea that I had for the book, it really only happens in the third one. The first two are set up. No kidding. Now, they're independent stories and they work, but I realized I can't execute this story without having this setup. And that setup was gonna take two other books. Um, so the idea that I have, I'm like, I haven't even touched it yet. Wow! <laughs> so that's kind of one thing I go, okay, I've gotta get to that idea. Get that's what out. I yeah. wanted to write. I'm just writing this other stuff just to get there, just to be able to get there, you know so it's exciting
0: did you ever did you ever read the martian
1: i did i love that book
0: yeah did you did you read it before you watched the movie did you see the movie too or
1: i saw the movie first and no
0: sacrilege still an author
1: oh i i'm a movie guy i'll I'll watch movies all day long i i I do read a lot um but i i much prefer to watch the movie
0: (laughs) okay did you like the movie better martian or the book better?
1: Um, I think I like them equally. Okay. Um, I mean, there are some things in the book that, that weren't in the movie as per usual. Um, but the, the movie is just they're so well done. You know? it,
0: it was actually well done. Um, uh, what's his name who did that ben matt damon matt matt right right yeah matt did a great job of that and they did a good job making the screenplay because the majority of the book is him just talking to himself oh i so, know you know so it's like mm, there's no dialogue here it's just him mouthing off and he's so funny you know i actually yeah i didn't technically read it either i listened to the um the audio book okay. and um and i'm looking up who it was rc bray the guy who did the audio for the martian was fantastic he, really? he was like the same kind of character as dame where it's just like this irreverent guy just kind of saying so the the audio the narration was fantastic so it was kind of the in between a book and a movie for me i was yeah. just listening to this thing oh, that's and cool and but apparently they they had will wheaton re-narrate it which i'm like fail i mean he's he's a great narrator but come on this the original guy was perfect
1: Really, I I've actually heard that Will Wheaton is an excellent narrator, and he somebody is, yeah. somebody said if you would get anybody to narrate your book, get him. Um, yeah, which I you know I, <laughs> I I never liked his character on Star Trek, and yeah, who did I, so annoying. <laughs> um, but you know, hey, I think he's a great guy from everything I've heard, and and being able to do a narration that stands out, you know, like this is this is it. That's awesome.
0: Did you ever read uh, Ready Player One?
1: Uh no. You I saw did the not. movie, didn't you? I did see the movie. I'm a movie Damn guy. No.
0: <laughs> well, I want you to know that movie was terrible. Uh,
1: I I would not disagree too <laughs> vehemently
0: on that. <laughs> no, if you but if you hadn't done the book, then you would have no idea. You wouldn't have any idea. And in fact, I know some people that that saw the movie and liked it, and. Really? And, uh, and, I, and i can't hold it against them but yeah will actually did the narration for ready player one and that's oh, the yeah. first time i've heard him speak and and first of all that book is killer um is way it? better than the movie and then will did a fantastic job with it like so some of the, the scenes where he finds the first key is he all he does is back up his car and that's how he finds this no no it took <laughs> it took weeks of really intuitive thinking to and he was actually on this one planet where he's basically playing this like dungeon exploring adventure and he had to like fight this guy and, and it it was like really epic and people would come. Yeah. They, they simplified that with a car chase. And I was like,
1: no, this is so formulaic with a car Uh, chase. But, um, but yeah, I know some people liked it. That's okay. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the difference between books and movies. Um, Isn't it though? Yeah. And there's, there's only been a few movies that I thought were as good as if not better than the book which ones um uh, i think the rainmaker um john grisham's the rainmaker i love that movie um i jurassic park um obviously that movie's awesome great classic The, the book is great too i mean i i would say the book is better um but here's one for you you've seen the princess bride yeah have you read the book no oh man
0: is the book just way better
1: the book is, really? it, it's hilarious. Um, the, the guy who wrote the movie also wrote the book. Um, but, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he's reading The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern. Well, right. the book is written, quote unquote, by S. Right. Morgenstern. But then he's giving us the abridged version of the book. So in the book that you're reading, which is the book, um, you know, it's it's telling you all the stuff it cut out okay here the author went on for five pages talking about princess buttercup's hats (laughs) you know and so it's and there were several times where i was like is this real you know (laughs) was there another book that he's actually truncating and were some of these places real and i had to look them up like nope nope these places aren't real and it's just this awesome blend of fiction and reality and it it is an amazing book to read. I've read it a couple times.
0: Huh. That's cool. That's, that's really cool. Um, I I heard something about the Morgenstern uh, thing. So I'll have to check that out. It sounds like it's irreverent and just talking about itself. And yeah. um, that's cool. It, it's a rewrite, right? It's an abridged rewrite a, of the yes. original quote unquote book. Right,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> the original that's quote cool. unquote, that's it. <laughs> huh.
0: Well, this is uh, this is fun. I, I could geek out with you all the time on uh, on sci-fi. Uh, my question is: Who are you? Where did you come from? How did you become you know an author, speaking on marketing, the SEO know-all? Like, take me back. Take me back. Like, little uh, Stony days. Take me back in your little, time machine,
1: <laughs> little Stony. Yeah, my time machine. I got one of those. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, uh, I I I picked up a book, learn HTML in twenty four hours, and got halfway through it and said, I can do this. And Mm -hmm. then I I set it down and I built my first website.
0: Um, Do you know when that was? Because I swear I picked up a similar book, but I'm sure there's like 9,000 versions.
1: This was in the uh, late eight, no, early 90s. Yeah, around 98, um, I I think. I think that's when I started. So I built a website, um, started selling music CDs, uh, my dad, he had a business. He came to me and he said, Hey, can you build my website? I said, Sure. I'm an expert at this. I learned HTML in 24 hours. That's right. Um, I only got halfway through the book, by you. Oh, of course. No. <laughs> I yeah. never finished it. Never of got the rest. Of course not. Um, so I built him a website. And then he says, Hey, there's these things called search engines and I want to be found. <laughs> so can you help me? And he, he said, I bought you a program called Web Position. And at the time, that was. The program for SEO. Wow, um, he bought that for me. I, he said, "Help me get ranked on Alta Vista, Web Crawler, Excite, Dogpile." Right. Those, dog those, are, those ask are the that, yeah. yeah. Ask Jeeves. Um, and I'm like, okay, and that—that's really what got me started. And. Wow. Uh, you know, Because I'm like, I'm not a great designer and I'm not a great coder in the sense that you know, the databases were starting to become an important part of yeah. websites. And I'm like, that's just not my thing. But this marketing thing, I, that I can get my head around. Yeah. Um so I just I just started with him and then I picked up another client, another client and then I'm wow. like I need to hire somebody. Yeah. Um you know for this link building crap that nobody wants to do and still nobody wants to do and we still got to do. Um and I just built up my agency at that point just slowly, you know, adding people as needed. Um and wow. I love it. You know, I I love I love data Um, In fact, you know, coming up in the organic SEO side of things, I love doing that. I love solving problems. Um, But data and user experience now uh, really captivates me because that's where you start getting into this. I can make a change here and I can look and see the result almost immediately. Optimization, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make some changes and we'll see. We'll give, us a, give us a few months. A couple
0: months. You know,
1: yeah. We'll see if it cha- anything changed. Right. You know, I'm going to add some links. We'll, we'll see if that did anything. But when you get into user experience and you see how people are reacting yeah. to the website, oh, I love that. Okay, we're going to make this change. Mark that. Let's follow it in two weeks. All right, here's the change. Here's what, here's what happened. Here's what people are doing. It's like, oh, I love that. Um, and so that's, that's one of my favorite things now.
0: That makes sense, right? Because you actually get the results. I mean, the yeah. worst part about the SEO is like, yeah, Google will get to it at some point.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's where I love you know paid advertising, which I have yes. never done myself. But you can get the results immediately. And oh, yeah. I just, I, I've always envied the PPC people. Yeah. It's like, man, you suck. You get results now.
0: <laughs> yeah, they get the instant gratification from that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or and, not. Uh, but at least they know it didn't work, right? Right. As a, But a lot of times people will wait, you know, months to get their SEO traffic to come in. It comes in. It's the wrong traffic.
1: Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people
0: use, you know, AdWords to kind of help inform the keywords. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. hey, look, traffic went up, but conversions went down. So uh, (laughs) I screwed that one up.
0: All right. (laughs) Give us another three months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like undo, undo.
0: (laughs) Man, for sure. For sure. Uh, So. So you just got in this path of just doing marketing,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. and you've and been doing
0: that ever since, never looking back. Just you—you uh, you haven't been like, "Oh, I wish I was a drummer." You're like, "Nope."
1: Um, Good. I wish I was a an author. How about that? Um, and you made it happen. Well, I'm, I'm working on that. My um, yeah, I, I, mean, I wrote a book and writing another one. We well, wrote a nonfiction
0: so, book. So tell yeah. me the tell me your your take because when I was writing my book, by the way, it's on Amazon right now. Marketing automation unleashed. Just kidding. So, uh, um, uh, I, I found that though, thing. as soon as you're an author, you probably experience this. You people are like, so what are you up to? you like, Oh, my book's on Amazon. You want to go check it out? <laughs> you're like oh, shameless plug. Like, <laughs> Oh man, I've become that guy. Like when, when, when people have kids or puppies, they're like, here's like nine photos of my puppy. Sorry. You know, it's right. like, here's nine mentions of my book. Sorry. <laughs>
1: exactly. um, you know what I, I have always, it's like, I will give you my book just go on Amazon and write a freaking review,
0: write a review.
1: And how many people like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the last you hear of them.
0: I've been guilty of that. I I said that to someone, Samantha shout out. I told her I would. And I did yesterday. So Ah,
1: there you go. Yeah.
0: But I I hear you're like, Oh yeah. Oh man. But it burned. It kind of like, you know, you're like, Oh, you know, it's in your soul going, you told her you would write that review. So.
1: Oh, I'll tell you my favorite review that I got on Amazon. They've since took it down. No. Um, Oh, it, it said sucks. Oh, I'm glad you took it down. Was that was it. One. That was it, and that, <laughs> that was my favorite review because I am a big fan of <laughs> negative reviews used to reinforce the positive. When I go to Amazon and I'm looking at reviews, yeah, I go to the negative ones. I'm like, if you can't talk me out of buying this, I'm in. Oh, you know?
0: interesting.
1: So when that's so, a good so, point when they wrote sucks with nothing else. I'm like, one, that validates all the other five star reviews that I got because yes, they could, they didn't talk anybody out of buying it with that review. I was like, and I was so mad when Amazon took that down. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. put it back, put it back.
0: Yeah, you're right. I definitely have looked for restaurants and, okay, five, five, four, four. But I'd go and I'd look to show me the ones and the twos if there are any. If there, yeah. if there aren't, it's weird. But if there are, you're like, uh, is this person crazy? You know? Like, yeah. just, Oh, this sucks. No, they're like, you know, I had this for the first course and it person sounds completely reasonable. And you're like, Oh, okay. Maybe I don't want to go here. But if they sound crazy, you're like, Oh, that's a crazy person. Let me yeah. go check out some other reviews. So well, that's, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. And if all somebody has is four and five star reviews, you tend to not believe them. You're like, True. okay, they've just been sending their friends and family there. You True. know, loading that up. They gave everybody a copy of their book and said, "You know, go review it." <laughs> right.
0: Have you ever um, been to Nassau, in the Bahamas? No. It's
1: but
0: kind I of a to. it's kind of a weird place. uh I'm sure there's some nice people there. I've met a few of them, but it's also uh, it's like a boat town. A lot of those cruise ships come in. Oh. And I'm and I was looking at different places and things there. Uh, family were doing a cruise coming up, and um, and there's this one hotel in Nassau where you get a really well written thing saying, "Look." I say at Hilton's all the time and I would never stay at this place ever. Like, and here's why, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Detailed. Right. And then you see this flowery thing. Um, The staff was accommodating so very much. And you're like, whatever. (laughs) Get (laughs) out of here. So fake.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you got to realize everybody has a bad experience somewhere, even at the best places, you know, and, and as a, as an author, or wannabe fiction author, I, I'm very tight with a lot of uh, indie authors on Twitter. And one of the things people often say is, you know, if you get a negative review of your book, go look up your favorite book and read the one star reviews. <laughs> and it gives you context where this is my favorite book of all time. And here's somebody's trashing it. You're always going to get that. You know, you're always going to get a negative review. Of your business. And a lot of times, and for, you know, our audience watching this or listening to this right now, it's how you handle that negative review. You know, right. a lot of times if you have the opportunity to go back to that person and say, how do we make it right? I'm sorry you had a bad experience. Right. I'm sorry this didn't meet your expectations. What can we do to make it right? That in itself, if I see a negative review followed by, and then they did this, that to me is gold. You know, because everybody has a bad experience and if somebody can make, if they show that they're care enough to make it right, you've got a winner.
0: You know, uh, so right. As you, as you just said to do that, I did that. And there are people that are shooting all over this book that I've listened to like five times. Um, They're like, it's not a whole story. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not a whole story. It's definitely a whole story. (laughs) You suck. Oh, I can comment. Oh, you can comment on other people's reviews?
1: Yes, you can. <laughs> Burn. Yes,
0: you can. Get out of here, troll. This book's <laughs> fantastic. You know? All right. Let me know if you need any need any muscle on your reviews. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, my, I'll be like, no, you suck. <laughs> right.
1: Now, you know, I'm lucky. I've got mostly four or five. my next favorite one, which I think is still there, was a three-star review. And it said, it's more like a checklist than a book. And I'm thinking, huh. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yep. it's it's a digital marketing checklist. It's in the name. It's right there in the title.
0: It's it, a yeah, checklist. We literally called it a book full yeah. of checklists. So, I, I don't
1: know how to meet your expectations yeah. than that, but okay. Three stars, whatever.
0: You know, it, it says there is a one star out there somewhere, but none of them come up when I search oh, for yeah? your book. They must that must have been that one it sucks it got deleted so you don't you don't have any two stars either so you're doing something right and it won't show me the three stars you must have optimized this in some magical way (laughs) i can't i can't find any of the bad ones (laughs) i see i see what you're doing here Uh, that's fantastic Uh, the only thing that comes up is four and five Hmm. how's that possible you're you're learning from the best here people doesn't just uh, tell you about it. It actually does it too. That's fantastic. Well, this is, this is fantastic, man. Where, how can people get in, in touch with you, whether it's to do some SEO projects or just to follow you on the web, get some of your thought leadership? What are yeah. some good sites and ways to reach out?
1: Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, at um, StoneyD. Uh, and if you want to actually like, reach out to me, uh, my email address is stonygd uh, at gmail.com. And uh, you got to get the right order of GD because it's confusing because uh, my last name is D-E-G. So people think it's Stony D-G, not G-D. And I... Why'd you do that? <laughs> my middle name is G. Oh, okay. <laughs> so right. it was, and I, I didn't even think about it until like a year ago. Somebody's like, yeah, this is confusing. Like it is? Oh.
0: Oh, so you're Stony G-D-G, really? What but that's is. not the email. Yeah,
1: now, and now nobody's going to be able to email me because we gave them all the other versions. Right. StonyGD.
0: At gmail. Exactly. And I won't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on here, man. This has been a blast. I mean, I've oh, learned yeah, a bunch, geeked out a bit, and had a lot of fun.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. It. Great. Yeah,
0: for sure. And you know, for those listening, if you had fun, and I know you did, because I did. But if you learned something, and I also know you did that too, because I literally have pages of notes over here. Um, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader to one, two other people, or a thousand. Hey, your yeah. tribe, however big it is, just sh- share this thing. Get it in their hands, and then of course reach out to Stony, um, as I'm going to <laughs> afterward to get our uh, SEO in line and make sure we're good. I scoop them up. Always here. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks again, man. This has been fantastic.
1: You bet. I appreciate it. This is fun.
0: Right on. For everyone out there listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. Catch y'all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway, if you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to qualified.com, engage in a chat, do a demo and tell them that Casey sent you and that book will be on its way to your door. All right, we'll see you all on the next one.